0: Thanks for choosing to listen to the Cruise Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie, and this is Episode 7, Invisible Wars. Post-traumatic stress was something I knew nothing of until I started contemplating joining the Armed Forces. I had seen it portrayed in movies without really knowing the name or seeing its symptoms being shown by people without really understanding the meaning or the cause behind it. Even throughout the six years I served in the army, PTSD just wasn't really discussed thoroughly. I saw it in PowerPoint presentations and they kind of just hinted at the existence of it within the military community. I went through numerous periodic health assessments and was always asked if I was doing okay. But like most, I usually just brush that stuff off. I tried to keep stuff moving along so I could get back to work or shamming. And I I learned to bury what was bothering me beneath a really dark sense of humor. And during my, one of my first behavioral health appointments when I was still in, uh, the army psychologist asked if I believed I had PTSD. And I was like, Uh, no, obviously not. Uh, I haven't done anything crazy. And I said that because back then I was under the impression because of how people talked about stuff like PTSD that you had to witness some crazy shit (laughs) to, to have it. And the behavioral health office continued to give me these questionnaires at the beginning of every appointment asking if I believed I was showing symptoms of PTSD. And each time I would say no. And my psychologist would keep asking if I was sure, and uh, and I just kind of thought they were overreacting, I guess, or just, like, reading into it too much. Uh, I had become more watchful of strangers. I had lost my toleration for large crowds. I preferred certain tables in restaurants and to have my chair facing a certain way. Uh, If there was some debris in the road, it definitely made my rear end pucker a bit, but Uh, after training for deployment and after going through being in a combat zone for nearly a year, I figured stuff like that was normal. I thought that was a a normal reaction. And it was because I'd spent, you know, nine months of my life waiting to be attacked by this enemy they kept talking about. And I'd spent months prior to the deployment training with the female engagement team where we We're constantly looking for insider threats and studying bomb identification and investigating bomb making operations and reading about or watching torture methods employed by terrorists, specifically on the local women and uh, doing our little mock firefights and doing all this stuff. And so looking for threats and learning to notice things that appeared out of place was just kind of part of my muscle memory as much as clearing a weapons malfunction had been. And so once I enrolled with the VA, uh, they began asking me the same thing. Do you believe you have PTSD? And I continued to say no, because I believed all my newfound habits from the military were not a disorder. And they were just merely habits I'd get to shake Uh, because I hadn't seen anything crazy. I hadn't been a part of anything crazy. When I was in Afghanistan, I sat in a tower most of the time and waited for... uh, shit to go down that never happened, and so I really just watched goats and reported stuff from the bolo list and learned stuff like mixing shot coffees with fripid energy drinks is a really bad idea, but what I hadn't considered during that time was that there was no decompression period. Uh, I was in Afghanistan for nine months, and I was going from being shuffled around from tent to 10, and base to base over there. And then suddenly I was back in Kansas. And so I went from being in a combat zone where I was surrounded by a bunch of people to being absolutely alone in my apartment, having a panic attack over thinking I lost my M4 because I forgot I had turned it in. But that sudden change was confusing. And in many ways, it was difficult to handle. When I got home from Afghanistan, I... I left post after the redeployment ceremony and went straight back home to where I just kind of hid away and drank until we had to go back to work four days later. And everything was just weird. Like driving to work was even weird because it was not only awkward to be in a POV and not have a passenger because that's just what you get used to is always having a TC and driving these big military trucks. And that was in like my tiny ass SUV and, just by myself on the road, and I I noticed a lot of stuff like how the city hadn't changed and Fort Riley hadn't changed, but I felt changed, and the environment gave no indication to that, like why I would feel so changed because everything felt just as I had left it, and it almost looked as if it was just like the day after we had gotten on a plane destined for Germany when in reality a year had passed by, and. Uh, During that time, I had clearly grown apart from my husband, who we had been newlyweds when I first deployed because I was one of those people. And uh, we were strangers by the time I had come back. And uh, I imagine for him, it wasn't any better with me coming home because I just constantly talked about wanting to go back overseas. And for me, it wasn't any easier dealing with a person that I didn't feel like really understood why I couldn't sleep at night and why I wouldn't leave the apartment and why I couldn't just be happy that I was away from war. And so when I was seeing that army psychologist, I was eventually diagnosed with PTS, uh, post-traumatic stress. Uh, He didn't add on the D uh, because he felt that uh, it wasn't a disorder. It wasn't something I was experiencing from trauma. I was struggling with unwinding from a high stress environment. I was still in defense mode. I was still waiting for trauma to occur. I was still waiting for that enemy I'd been trained for for so long. But I was later re diagnosed with just having the generalized anxiety. And even at that point, I still couldn't say that I understood stuff like PTSD. I didn't understand stuff like anxiety really either. it wasn't until I was working on my bachelor's degree and started to really dig deep into the topic when uh, part of my graduation requirement was to write a a psychology-related research paper for my university. And the topic I had chose was post-traumatic stress. And the name of the paper I wrote was called Misunderstood the War on PTSD. And it started off with a story from 2012, about a community in San Diego that was uh, in absolute just fear for their students at a K through eight school because there was this place opening up nearby called the Aspire Center, and parents believed this place compromised the safety and the security of the students. Now, what was the Aspire Center? Aspire was a VA facility that officially opened in 2014 to help people suffering from PTSD and to help veterans find rehabilitation services. That was it. Uh, the paper presented the American Psychiatric's DSM-5 definition, as well as the history of PTSD and the controversy surrounding the poorly understood mental disorder, uh, as it was referred to then. I know it's not really called a disorder anymore. There's other ways of referring to it now, but uh, I wrote that paper back in 2015, and I feel like in 2021, it's, it's still highly misunderstood. It gets misdiagnosed all the time, and it's still misinterpreted by people, and there were there were two tough things I encountered back when I was just doing the blog portion of Cruise Corner, and I still deal with it from time to time with the podcast, but the uh, the first thing was that it always felt like I was kind of surrounded by a dark cloud because when I had to do research for the articles I was writing, uh, it required me to look into other people's struggles and to read about the horrible VA experiences people were having and, uh, look into some of the emotional recollections of combat people had. And, uh, it kind of created this side in my life where I had to kind of learn to balance the interactions with people I was meeting through my blog, uh, So with strangers, with like the real people in my life, like friends and family, uh, and all these people that were coming to me for advice and to share stories or to vent about troubling times and confess these really dark moments when I was just writing because it was my therapy. Like I'm not a, like a psychologist or anything or a therapist. So it's like, I, I didn't really know how to help people in a professional manner. I was just trying to show that they weren't alone and, uh, And was just trying to show that I understood what struggling within yourself feels like and how uh, I I could just relate. And so I constantly kept revisiting my past to sift through memories, to find these connections to other people that were reaching out to me. And I had this idea, and it was the wrong idea to have, but I felt like uh, if I was going to pull people up from rock bottom or at least attempt, I would have to go there myself. And the trouble with that was uh, the more I did it, the harder it became to get myself off the gravel bottom. And uh, and through all the wear and tear, I just continued to try to do my best to draw attention to the needs of the military and veteran communities uh, while trying to continue going to hell and back for people until I had absolutely nothing left. And the second thing that was really tough about having that stuff was that other veterans during this time were uh, basically calling me out for being a liar or saying I was weak or stupid or, uh, just not really welcome in the veteran community because of talking about stuff like PTSD and anxiety and, uh, suicide even. And I was just attacked daily over mentioning these topics. And, uh, as much as I tried to ignore it, uh, and tried to keep helping others, uh, to not feel alone at the same time, I had, really tap myself out of all my energy reserve, and I hit burnout and eventually disappeared back into the shadows for a while. I had to take a break from, uh, everything. I shut down the blog. I stopped podcasting and I just disappeared because, uh, the reaction I was getting from the veteran community was just, it was painful. And even though I don't always show it, the pain I experience is real. Uh, I may keep it hidden. I may have kept it hidden well then, but I was still struggling and I may not fit some people's idea of what a struggling person may look like. And I know when I talk about stuff like PTSD and anxiety and deployment, I know I don't have uh, the MOS that would have allowed me to talk about that stuff. And I don't have the military experience that backs the stories of suffering from anxiety disorders, but I have experienced trauma in my life. I've experienced just life (laughs) and Uh, And something that's been noticeable to me both in and out of the military and even at some of the VA facilities I've gone to is that uh, really people have this weird idea of mental illness. Uh, They think it's something that can be cured quickly. It's something you can see very easily uh, that people exaggerate the physical and psychological pain that stems from it. And so on top of it, all being still just misunderstood and misdiagnosed, uh, it has a stigma attached to it. And having been in the military, I learned there was an obvious disapproval from struggling with mental illness. I learned that uh, by going to the VA, I was going to be treated as though I was broken and unstable and incapable of caring for myself or others. And in society, I learned that there was just this preconceived idea of what mental illness should look like. And one occasion I remember very well was when I went to the VA and they were analyzing my uh, anxiety for a disability claim I'd been working on because I once I left, I basically reported that I had been diagnosed with that generalized anxiety disorder. And the notes that appeared in my file afterwards, after I had that appointment, was that I did not appear to be struggling from severe anxiety because I appeared to be too tidy and I had A's in school. And I even recall my examiner saying that I looked clean and done up when referring to the fact that I had makeup on, I had my hair up. And my response to her statement was, I guess the makeup's working then. Because that clean appearance i had uh, it allowed me to hide the bags under my eyes that would have shown how much difficulty i was having sleeping and it allowed me to touch up the spots of my face that would have otherwise given proof to my most recent breakdown uh, i could basically basically paint myself or look like a person that wasn't tormented by anxiety because of the fact that we place too much stock on a person's outer appearance uh, people act like as though uh, if you feel like absolute shit on the inside, that automatically means you're going to look like shit on the outside. And as for the A's I had in school, uh, there was a time when, when I was attending college, that I went to a traditional classroom. And over time, I began to kind of withdraw from school by increasing the number of courses I could take online. And eventually, uh, with the creation of like global campuses, it made it to where. I didn't have to go to a classroom anymore. It made it to where I didn't have to lose sleep over being anxious about class the next day or fight through panic attacks in class so that nobody would know I was struggling and I was afraid of making veterans look weak, stupid, or unstable while I was there because that's what people seem to expect. And while I've always been a good student, Uh, regardless of the classroom environment I had or the arrangement. Online schooling made it to where I could just focus on learning the material instead of being overwhelmed by the anxiety and the trepidation. And uh, being a straight-A student in many ways became another disguise, just like the makeup had been. Uh, I didn't handle a lot of things in my life well when I was transitioning from soldier to civilian. And so school was a way to convince myself and others that I was doing all right even if doing all right couldn't have been further from the truth. So to me, hearing a VA employee suggest that my straight A's were reason enough to believe that I did not suffer from severe anxiety seemed pretty unreasonable. I wasn't afraid of going to school in my living room. I was afraid of the world outside my home. And I created a perfect environment which I could completely isolate myself And a medical professional could not comprehend that. I know a lot of veterans struggle with PTSD. I know a lot more live with anxiety and struggle to find alternatives to manage their symptoms or to heal outside the constant push for things like pharmaceuticals. And uh, I've met quite a few veterans that have PTSD that worry that they'll lose stuff like their second amendment rights if if they tell anybody. And so they just don't say anything. And I know veterans that have decided to utilize cannabis in place of things like opioids, but they also worry they're going to lose stuff. They worry about losing their disability compensation with the VA or whoever. And so like some of them just stop making appointments and uh, try to deal with it on their own. And then there's veterans like me that wish they could use some of these alternatives, but have to understand that some of these healing practices can land our ass in prison or cause us to lose our homes or our children, or just our reasons to live at that point. And I've met veterans that are scared that if they don't take the medication that's prescribed to them, they're gonna have their therapy cut. They're gonna lose their benefits. Uh, And so really they just end up taking these meds they never wanted in the first place because they feel like they don't have a choice. For myself, I've had difficulty mentioning to the VA that I struggled because of being a single mom. And that was because in the past, they've made it clear that having things like PTSD or depression or anxiety um, makes you a liability. Uh, Anytime a VA employee found out I was a mom, especially when they found out I was a single mom, I immediately was treated as though I was a threat to my kid. And so I stopped asking for help. And I just dealt with escalating anxiety and depression uh, because I was legitimately scared they were going to find a reason or a way to get my kid taken from me, uh, which would have stolen the very thing that was pushing me to fight each day and making appointments and attending them got just it was so draining because on one side I was trying to hide how much pain and struggle I was going through because I didn't want to be treated like shit by these people, but on the other hand I was uh when I did open up it wasn't taken seriously or I was mocked because of it and and so going to appointments or just making them uh it got to the point where it just I was so anxious about it that I felt ill and so. It was it was a slap in the face being told by a VA employee that I didn't struggle. And uh, and it got to the point where I couldn't even call to make an appointment because uh, it was just I was so stressed out about it and anytime I'd walk into one of the facilities I could feel myself start to crumble the moment I stepped through the door. And I'd spend hours, days even, just panicking over going to this place that continued to do nothing to ease the discomfort, nothing to stop the pain, or just nothing to make all the panicking worth it at the end of the day. But I was okay, right? Because <laughs> according to this person, I could uh, I could clean up nice, even though I was suffering internally. And uh, we're okay, those of us that choose to wear makeup and put our hair up and we're okay because we've learned how to hide pain on the inside by wearing a mask to cover the signs I would otherwise suggest we were struggling uh I guess we're okay because people fail to see the battle that's happening within uh which actually that's just it's complete shit uh people are always so quick to point out that beauty is skin deep that how we look is not a major factor in deciding like what exists on the inside. Uh, so why then do so many people think that the, uh, the outside speaks for the inside when it comes to mental health? Uh, why are we so taken aback when we learn that a comedian or a celebrity or a model has committed suicide? Uh, I don't understand how it's so hard to see how comedy or a smile or a tidy appearance is just one layer that may or may not be concealing something else and if how we look does not speak for how who we truly are then i really wish people would stop using the shallowest layer to define what's occurring inside of somebody when it comes to mental health Uh, i don't think people should so easily be fooled by the mask that rests upon invisible wounds Uh, so with that don't allow someone's makeup or styled hair, or tidy appearance to distract you from the real issue. Uh, We all carry our pain differently. Uh, A lot of us know that we're experiencing pain just because, I mean, I think veterans understand other veterans. I think we understand each other more than sometimes uh, we indicate, just even though we kind of shit on each other sometimes when we open up about stuff, or we hinder other people for doing uh, what they feel is right to heal. But I do think uh, we understand each other probably a hell of a lot better than a, like a civilian would understand us. But uh, sometimes you just have to be able to see that you have to look deeper than what someone's presenting on the outside, uh, because from what I've learned from like my friends that have committed suicide that were struggling with their mental health, Uh, They hit it so well that by the time anyone realized something was wrong, it was too late to help. And so I think it's important to encourage people to be open about their struggles and to show people it's all right to ask for help. Uh, You'll learn far more about the battles a person is facing internally by having them speak to you than by just simply observing their outer appearance because not all battles can be seen and not all wounds are visible thanks for listening if you would like to hear more episodes from cruise corner make sure to subscribe you can listen to episodes on anchor spotify apple or google Podcasts. if you would like to be featured on a future episode please reach out to our instagram page at cruise corner